There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Mr. Jason Gillette, the owner of Guild Consulting LLC, a public health consulting firm focused on opioid mortality in rural communities. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So we are very excited to be having... Uh, having sort of a new series on the podcast, this what it means to be, and uh, I think a, a lot of it was, for lack of a better term, triggered by a lot of what's going on in the world today. And if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm not surprised that Centauri picked this one because obviously he does not know anything about what it means to be a black man. <laughs> I picked this one. Um, no, I, I think George hit the hit the nail on the head in that. You know, we were we were seeing all these things happen on social media, and there's clearly a disconnect in like what folks see as identities and how they are interacting with the folks of those identities. So we thought there has to be a way to humanize all of this, especially as we go into a very contentious election cycle where there's oh, there's so much on the plate, right? Um, but you know, race, sexual orientation. Um, gender, all of the things we're going to cover over the next few weeks. Um, but I thought it would be a great, great place to start and probably the most polarized piece, which is race, especially as it relates to being a black man. So thank you so much, Jason, for being on here today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. This is um, this is a really exciting opportunity. So looking forward to learning and having a conversation about this. Yeah, likewise. So and just to sort of round out what Centauri was talking about, I think that we're all extremely frustrated by a lot of the national discourse and so much of the polarity and tribal nature of what's going on and then cancel culture and everything else. And it seems like this idea of a safe space has become more of a, an annoying talking point than a real thing. But certainly that, that that's really what we're interested in creating and having is a safe space where we can have an actual conversation about things and make mistakes with our language and then learn from them. So, so again, Jason, thank you so much. Um, Centauri, I, I think that we wanted to start out just by talking a little bit about what comes to mind for you and I when you think about what it means to be a black man. So if you would start us off, that would be great. Man, actually, I think it would be more interesting if you start us off. Fair enough. And and, and, and and like Jason, I certainly thought a lot about this, and, and I have thought a lot about it. And Centauri, you and I have talked a lot about racism and systemic racism over the years, and we had a conversation about George Floyd some weeks back and probably months back at this point. But when I think about um, what it means to be a black man or just black people just in general, I think that one of the first things that comes to mind is, is, is dynamic and dominant – uh, black people, black men, black women dominate culture in America from a music standpoint, certainly from an athletic standpoint. Uh, my favorite athletes are Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and Serena Williams. And uh, you look at a guy like LeBron James, who can absolutely fill up a box score. Um, but then the flip side of that coin is that black men dominate violent crime in America as well. And so... I, 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 I think about just it's, – it's incredible. It's a relatively small group of the population when you think about African-American men, black men, 
uh, and the impact that they have on society is extraordinary. So that is, those are some of my thoughts there. Thank you, George. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've had many of conversations around this. I think for me, um, I would go back to a converse, conversation on another podcast that you and I are, were on with Catherine Alonzo, which is like when I think about my identity as a black man, it's more so thinking about it as not a monolith. Um, so my lived experiences can only be my lived experiences. And so I'm thinking about the diversity within black culture and diversity among black men um, is always really top of mind for me. But right now it's just, it's so pushed to the forefront that I don't think, and Jason, I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about, I don't think I've had the space to really process what it means to be in the, the spotlight right now. Because I think every conversation you have right now is around race and identity, especially as you think about uh, policing and police brutality black men are the number one thing that you kind of think of. And that's where the research and the literature and all the stories. And so uh, for me, it's more so when I think about it, I think about how do I come to my own and really process this myself. Uh, so I'm excited to have this conversation with Jason that probably helped me process that like, in real time. Thanks, Centauri. And and how about you, Jason? You know, uh, that my my thought on uh, the question around what comes to mind uh, the first thing that comes to mind recently uh, based on um, the current events is a, a version of uh, we are a version of uh, a man and so when we think about that uh, it's not entirely um, negative I think we're we're a version of a people that have to your point George have innovated uh, science and medicine and music and art. Um, fashion and um, in other areas as well. And so there, that version of uh, a black man or a black person uh, comes with a, level, a great sense of pride. Uh, unfortunately, I think that when we talk about version of in this context, as we see um, uh, the unfoldings of what's happening, uh, we're being reminded of a version of black that is uh, threatening and um, um, inferior, um, fundamentally uh, incompatible with society. And so when we are reminded of of what we are, if you will, versus who we are, uh, it's these type of uh, reminders that that cause the the level of anxiety and stress and and, and these civil unrests that kind of erupt over time. Yeah. So when you think about... Um, I mean, it's such a, such a difficult issue. I mean, what does it mean to you to be a black man? You know, it means, you know, it means that, that in two part, it means that one, you, you, you are looked at, um, based on what you look like. And, they, and one thing that um, I, I tell my son a lot is that you know when you wake up in the morning, you remember very quickly that you're black. Um, it's one of those things that, that's a constant reminder. And, um, and so I'm constantly reminded of who I am um, every morning, but then it's when you see this, what it means to me now is that um, I have to be, um, prepared to have a conversation or defend my perspective as a black person. Um, I'm often uh, looked at in this, mo- in this moment as, um, as uh, a part of the solution when in all fairness, um, it's being a black person, 
um, in, in America is more so about um, finding out or, or, or establishing your own your, your cultural norms and understanding who you are and then having to assimilate into, into the population, is, is, it can be challenging. And those are the, the, the issues that um, I think cause the greatest level of angst now. I think, Jason, it would be also be interesting to talk about, um, especially as a black man, it's really interesting because I'm sure you're in many spaces where you're either the only person of color or obviously the only black man, but thinking through what it means from the context of what it means as a signal to other people in the room. So there's so much research and I've certainly had to talk to coworkers about it. Like I have to be so much better than, or I have to be so much on best behavior because because I have to be, because I'm now portraying a a quote unquote brand of black men. So I have to be always number one. I always have to be on point, I always have to be very nice, very polite, very good right. to make sure that I don't mess it up for the other black guys that might come after me and how stressful and exhausting that is in a place where my white counterparts never have to even think about it, let alone do it. That is a very good point. I, um, I, I've, in recent months, I've had to have the conversation on race more often than I thought I should have, but the question around white privilege and white fragility and, and, um, and just, again, being in the room when you're the only black person, it, you often feel like you represent the entire race as you um, as you go through your your, your professional career because uh, there are one there are so few of us in so many roles of leadership, but then also um, it's the stereotypes that people hold um, that you're you're not aware of, and and so you you have to be again mindful of what those stereotypes are and try to address them prior to even. You know, that's why it's so important that you dress nice and that you speak proper English and that you you articulate yourself well, because you want to make sure that you give yourself a chance to be heard um, and be seen as as, as, as equal um, before you get, you know, as you move through these spaces in America. And so it's it is a challenge. And, and being black oftentimes and I was raised that you had to be better, like you had to be better than your counterparts just to be considered equal because the moment you make a mistake, it's because of the color of your skin, not because you're human and you're fallible. And so it is an ongoing challenge. Jason, where 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 did you grow up? So I grew up in Los Angeles, California, at South Central. Um, and uh, well, I didn't know that. Well, wow. yeah. So yeah, I, that's where I was uh, born and, and, and lived out most of my, my adolescenthood until I moved around a little bit. Got it. Fair, fair, fair enough. And I, I, again, th- thanks for having this conversation. When, when you talk about um, talking to your son about what it is that, 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 that you look like, you're, you're reminded of that in, in the morning. How, how old is he and how long have you been having that conversation with him? Yeah, so um, so my son, he'll be 16 in a few weeks, and um, you know, ever since he was a little kid, you know, I've had to, you know, we, I've tried to delicately balance between um, teaching him that everyone is beautiful and that everyone is worth your respect and and, and, and should be and should be treated equally. Uh, but then also balancing the fact that there are people out there that do not like you and they haven't met you yet. But because of the color of your skin, they they have no interest in getting to know you and they have no interest in, in seeing how valuable you are. And so um, you have to teach your children that uh, or at least I've had to teach my son that that shouldn't matter. That you, you focus on who you want to be every day and, and, and 
and as he grows up in Arizona, where he's always the minority in, in every um, circle that he's in, it's hard for him to see race because he's he doesn't have to. He's been forced to, in the sense that to kind of assimilate and not see race in, in its entirety because he's always been the only black kid in his circles. And so, you know, he, he's 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 seeing it more and more now as, as, as these events around social injustice are growing and he's questioning you know, who he is as a black young man. And, um, and so the conversation now is around how does he, how does he identify as a black man? And, and how is, and, and how does that, how is that okay at this moment? Like it's okay to be uh, who you are and, and what you are and, and, and coming to grips with that as a, as a teenager can be hard. Oh, that's a thousand percent true. It's tough for, I think any teenager to just be a teenager right. and, and all that. Do you think that, that you'd be having these conversations with him at such a level, if not for what's been going on. Uh, do, do, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I think that we all want to go through our coming of age and come, come to our, our own identity. And however we want to be thinking about ourselves, did this just force it kind of force him to, to, to think about this more? Yes, it, actually, you're right, George. It was this, this moment, um, really he came to me asking like you know dad what does it mean you know like what is all this about and why is this you know why you know how should i feel i guess is one of the questions that he posed to me that i didn't know how to answer it's like how am i supposed to feel i, I hear that you know i, I see what what happens on tv I'm, i see the the black people are, are, are and other races are upset about this but he doesn't really see why he should be upset personally uh, and so uh, navigating that with him and, and, and helping him to see that uh, the history of why this is all a, 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 an issue. And I think that I've had to share with him and, and multiple people that if you don't understand today, it's because you haven't looked back far enough and, and you haven't taken the time to look at the history and say, hey, look, this hasn't been resolved since at least, I mean, let's just be generous and say 1863, right? Um, but this hasn't been resolved since. And so when you see this, this upheaval, it's because of the historical context of what's happened in America with black people and why we feel that, you know, there needs to be significant change um, to make difference in America. Jason, I don't know if you saw the article, um, and it's one that I've referenced so many times in The Root, which was um, the history of the Fed Up movement, which is, and I, I think, George, you and I talked about it on the podcast that we had, which kind of really chronicles, like, probably like 15 or 20 uh, just big points of injustice. And so it does a really good job of saying like, this isn't something that just happened this year and that's all of a sudden black people are upset. It's like, this is something you and I have been dealing with our entire lives and now it's just finally getting publicity. Um, I'm curious to hear, especially as it relates to your son, how do you talk about then being prideful and having uh, pride as a black man, especially in a, in a, in a world where there's a lot against um, uh, you, him, me, us, uh, and also, uh, just for our listeners, we're all in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I grew up in Phoenix, and your son is now growing up in Phoenix in a world where there aren't that many black people anyway. Um, right. Talk to me about how you are seeing how you kind of get your sense of agency and pride from your identity. Yeah, that's an excellent question. For uh, the first part, my uh, I teach my son to um, measure himself based on his 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 output. What does he do? Like, who is he as a child and, and as a young man? That's that's what he needs to measure himself uh, by. And then the values that I've taught him over the years is to be honest, respectful, and kind. 
And I tell them, if you can do those three things, right, if you can just do those three things for uh, for the next 70 years, I think you'll be okay, you know. And so um, his pride, or at least the way I see, I, I, bow, I bring my, I understand my my value in our society, especially here in Phoenix, uh, is because most, I'm, I take a sense of pride that I am usually one of the only black men in, in the room around leadership. And so I, I take that as not an accident, but uh, intentional. And, and then also, um, you know, it kind of bleeds into one of the other questions, but, you know, it, it's it's almost like um, you have to be ashamed of yourself for some reason. Like you, you like you have to come to this this space where, okay, I'm a black person and I need to prove that I am, I am uh, equal, and then and, and, and so that that shaming in the sense that society builds is that you have to build this level of pride to compensate for the shaming that the society that society comes oftentimes labels you with or or, or laps you with. And so I, I think that um, accomplishment it's in 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 one of the things that I think is important for me is to constantly be a part of the solution. And so when they when I'm when I'm in in the conversation, I try to contribute to the best of my ability so that way. They see me, and they see, and they and we're always guilty by association, but also um, liberated by association because they see me, and they see a centaur, and they see the, the the wonderful contributions that we make, and it does pave the way for those coming behind us. And we are intentional about that because we have to be because that's the stereotypes that we that we we carry. Appreciate that. I'd, I'd like to go back and and talk a little bit more um, uh, about the conversations you've been having with your son, just because I, I think it's, I mean, I, my, my, my kids are four and one. And so I'm looking forward to uh, a million different headaches that, that raising boys <laughs> is going to have, but, 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 but also all, 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 all these opportunities to have great conversations. If he is asking you, but why should I be upset personally? And maybe he's not really feeling and experiencing the injustice or the pain that these people on TV are experiencing why why try to introduce that to him yeah you know it's one of those things where you it's you either introduce the trauma or you ignore it one of the and so that's a you know i i i my son still doesn't see the 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 you know where he fits into this you know because again he hasn't been directly affected by it and you know i i teach him that and historically, African-Americans have been marginalized and that we've been told that we aren't good enough and that our skin color is some type of inherent disability that we can't shake. Um, I've also told him that, you know, it, you know, I, the ideologies of racism uh, and structural racism specifically um, have just gotten more clandestine. Right. And so it's really important, um, you know, for him, though he may not feel uh, directly connected or associated with the with the injustices now to understand that um, that how he carries himself will either mitigate or exacerbate those levels of injustice uh, in his own life. And unfortunately, that's just because how well or how poorly African-Americans assimilate into the society that we're in. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. And I mean, I, I can't. I can't certainly can't put myself in your shoes and making that decision to have that conversation. And, but I think it's super exciting that, that you're obviously 
you you are in a position where you accept responsibility and 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 you step into the role of leadership and you do so for your son and and you guys will 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 no doubt figure that out together um at some i i you know it's i'm i'm always curious if if you feel at some point if one or two generations from now uh that if 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 your if your grandson and your great grandson aren't are still in the position where your son was, is it still important to keep talking about it? That's a good question. Mm, that's a really good. You know, I. You know, that's a, so. Here's the dichotomy in, in that thought. We talk about history uh, as a way of learning. Uh, also, we talk about history as a as a as a as a as a way of bringing up something that um, that exacerbates an issue, right? And so, for instance, the uh, Confederate uh, statues—that's history, right? We see that as a as a display of history, but it's also a display of aggression, and it was intentionally, um, you know, uh, built that way for as a as a stage of a, a sense of aggression. But as you as we, as the durations continue to pass, if the, if the, the issues continue to persist, then I think it's important to bring it up because we have to, I think that in, to understand where it comes from is, is always the important piece. And, and, and racism is a part of, part ignorance and part fear. And then structural racism is both of those things mixed in with policy. And so I, 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 it's contingent. I'd say that if if it is if if we're still having the same issues uh, now that we were having and we're having, you know, we're, then that we're having now, then yeah, I, I think that you look at James Baldwin. He in 1964 he had this debate with uh, Hensley, and he talks about the same things we're talking about now. He says that you know African Americans are being killed by the police. This is 1964, and so. You know, here we are. Fast forward, you know, forty some plus years. Now we have that. It's the same narrative, and so my my hope is that fifty years from now, when it was fifty years ago, we were we've come a lot farther because fifty years ago we were saying that we had the same conversation. So um, I'm not sure if if it will change, and if it doesn't change, we have to keep this on the forefront because hate is taught. And so, if hate is taught, then we have to teach why it, it, it's it, it's there if it if it continues and persists. Jason, I'd be thanks for sharing that. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on uh, this idea of narrative. So, as a um, as we talk through history, I think it's always fascinating when folks are talking about like ethnic studies or black studies or whatever Chicano studies, whatever it might be, and saying like, why should those be introduced to mainstream? Um, classrooms, and that was a big deal in Tucson. And now more than ever, we're seeing it's like there are some kids that get to college not understanding that slavery was a thing. Those kids are at 18 years old, then have to be deprogrammed. And so, George, to your question, it's like you should always talk about it. I mean, I'm, I'm very much a very proud American. Patriotism has been ingrained in me since elementary school. I know everything about United States history from a white perspective. Why wouldn't you understand that from the uh, perspective of the marginalized? Because to Jason's point, you can't understand all of this becomes um, – very novel and like, oh, like, why are black people so upset? Well, it's like, well, you, you haven't had a class to tell you why these things have happened. And so I think you always have to have those narratives top of mind for everyone, whatever 
gender, race, whatever that might be, so that people really understand, like, even even if there is progress made, this progress wasn't always there. And so your dad in 2020 had to be on a podcast talking about this because of X, Y, Z. Um, I think it will always be important to have those narratives move forward. Great point, Centauri. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think that um, it's how it's told. And, and, and I think that um, I, and this is my personal experience in having conversations like this recently. Um, people are are uncomfortable going to the slavery conversation. They don't want to go back that far. And so when I bring up, you know, why this is an issue and why we have this unrest, and and when I say, well, let's go back to slavery, most people are, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, I mean, why are we going to go back that far? And 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 my question is, if you don't understand where it came from, then of course everything is going to look foreign to you, right? It's all going to look foreign to you. And so. Um, and so I've had to go back and share, hey, this is what has happened over the over the centuries, and it has not been resolved. That's why you're seeing some of these things. It has not been resolved um, in a in a meaningful and sustainable way. There's been some lip service, and there's also been some some small gains this year that has that have uh, symbolized that we're going in the right direction. But again, um, it was an it was intentional. Um, the, the 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 structural racism was intentional against African Americans, and so for it to be resolved, it has to be intentional in regards to creating creating its uh, solutions. Yeah, certainly appreciate and 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 one hundred percent agree with that. Um, the the concern that 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 I have, and as I try to balance, and I put myself in your shoes or how, how, however it plays out, um, my wife is Jewish and we're raising my two sons as Jewish. And so it's like anti-Semitism is certainly a real thing, but do I want to put it into my kid's head that there's people out there who are trying to, to do harm? And just to, if, if I were in your shoes, what I want to put it into my kid's head that there are these people out there that hate you because of who you are and life is going to be a lot harder because you are this person. And then that's always in the back of my head and it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy of mm-hmm. the world is out to get me versus I. this is stuff I got to know to keep myself safe or to show up. So that's, you know, that's sort of what's bouncing around in my head. It's, 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 it's how do you balance those two important things? Yeah. And you know, that's a really good point. It, it's in, and, and there's, and I struggle with it personally as well, because there's this, there's, there's, there's reality. And then there's the pessimist and then there's the optimist. I think all three lanes exist in the same space. And so, you know, as an African-American, the reality is that there are people out there that, that don't like you. Right. But but when you're, but you also want to take in the perspective, and I value this. This is is that, you know, come in with the best intentions. You know, be positive. Don't anticipate negative things to happen, and you know, and and just, and and create a space where, um, at least emotionally, where you know that you know you're safe and secure. And and so there's, I think that, believing in the fact that there are people out there that that may not um, see you as a as a human as 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 equal, versus being positive and, and, and treating everyone with respect. And, and when those instances happen, you know, address them as, as they uh, occur. You just, you don't want your child to be um, unprepared. And so that's where, that's where that delicate balance is. When do you prepare them for when it does happen? Cause it will. And so when is that time that you prepare them? And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a really difficult question to, to, to unearth. 
what do you wish that 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 more people knew or that 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 others did better you know um there's a there's a it sounds cliche but i wish people knew that they can and i'll preface it by saying that i was watching a program and uh neil degrasse tyson said uh some myths deserve to be broken apart out of respect for the human intellect and the idea to your point george that we can and and and, and so what i wish we knew is that despite the circumstances that are in our society despite um you know where where we're at economically and and, and how things are, are being managed we can make these changes both in uh, both personally on an individual level but then as a society we can make these um these these larger changes structurally um, because to believe that we can't, it, it is an insult to the human intellect. We we we, we have to believe that um, that the the interventions and the, the the process for improving our society is 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 within all of us. And so I think that I wish people knew that they can do these things. What percentage of people do you think that are are, are already there? Do you think that a lot of people know that, or That's is a good it question. is it? I think you know what I, I, there's a there's a country song that I think that I, I remember most you know most people are good I think that most people you know and it's always the ones on the on the farther ends that that, that scream the loudest that ha- I think that most people get it I, I would I would I would I would venture to say and I don't know most people so I, I'm I'm speculating but I do think that most people understand um to whatever degree that they uh, degree that they 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 agree with it or they they comprehend or they they support. Um, initiatives is, is another thing. I think that most people understand, though. Jason, do you feel in your? Um, I was having a conversation with the, the dean of the Herberger Institute at ASU, and he talked about how um, curiosity is no longer rewarded. And so I'm curious about how do you feel about curiosity and and this and where, what people can do to kind of have conversations that are going to be hard, that are going to be tough, but actually coming from it from a space where and George is amazing at this of just saying like, I'm curious about how this works or I'm, I'm curious about what this looks like. Do you think most people are in, inherently curious? And uh, what have you seen as folks um, have com- had conversations with you about how they bring their curiosity to the table? You know, I think that you, one, we, you're right. Curiosity is is penalized and that, that is truly unfortunate. We, and I think that it, it's that curiosity that drives us to want to know who one another, who we are, right? It's and, and I think that what we could do better is connect, and it takes that level of curiosity to connect. Because if you're never curious about you know the people around you in your community, then you, you you have no interest. Most people don't even speak anymore. Like I, I was at the grocery store, and no one like I said good morning. The person thought I was trying to assault them. I'm like, it just, it's, you know, we're just so afraid of one another. We're not curious to just connect and, and be a part of this, 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 this thing called society and community. You know, I, I, I think that uh, fear is driving a lot more of the way that the day to day that we engage in more than curiosity. And, and so I really wish that we were more curious um, as, as a society and just genuinely will, in, interested in connecting with one another. Isn't that the truth? I think that fear is by far more dominant than curiosity is right now. It's like we've beaten the curiosity. Right. <laughs> right. Like the beatings will continue until you get more curious. It's like, man, <laughs> I can't get curious because I'm afraid that if I say one wrong, if I say black versus African American, that you're right. going to fucking it's... just kill me. So, game over. <laughs> which, speaking of, 
Do you yeah, prefer, do, do, do you think of yourself as a black man or an African-American man? You know, funny, I think of myself as Jason and then I just so happen to be black. And so um, I, I, I just, dig that. I, I dig that, man. You know, because of the reality of the matter is that, you know, I, I do believe that I will always be the same person. And I think that, you know, my skin color, though I, I'm, I'm grateful for who, who I am, my skin color doesn't really tell much about me, except for the fact that, you know, my ancestors um, uh, had a lot, uh, had some hot temperatures to deal with, right? And so it, so I think that, um, yeah, I, I just feel, I really feel that being a black person isn't about being black as it, as it is about being who you are. And, and, and then your skin color is just, a, is, is just an outside indicator of, of, of just where you come from versus, you know, what you believe and what you value, it, it, it's, it's, it, it shouldn't tell as, it shouldn't tell you more about you than getting to know you should, right? Your skin color should just tell you, hey, this person came from Africa or the, our whereabouts. Everything else is up to you to learn from that person because they're all different. We're all different. And, and so, um, you know, we should, we should definitely connect a lot better in a, in a much more humanistic way. Amen. I think that, I, 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 I don't know who Centauri and I are going to have on to talk about what it means to be a white guy, but if it were me, I'd be like, that's the, the shortest conversation ever. It's like, my name's George. I, you know, that, that's it. That, that I'm, that, that I'm a white dude is, uh, perhaps, perhaps immense privilege. And we can maybe get into that on, 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 on another podcast. But and anyway, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that one, Jason. Um, what else? I want, you know, as, 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 as we've been going through this, this is pretty heavy stuff that we're talking about. What else is sort of jumping into your mind that, 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 that you think we should be talking about? You know, I, um, I love the question, what is true? And, and as, a, uh, as a lover of science, I always think of what is fact. What can we actually objectively say is, is, is true? Um, what is true is that um, recently there's been a discovery of a moon out on the orbit of Jupiter that is covered in ice. That is the truth. That is a fact. Um, there is potential for a water underneath this, these, this sheet of ice on this moon, and so there's potential for life. Um, what is also true is that we have been, we are going through COVID, and this is literally history that we're standing in. Um, there has not been a pandemic, and this pandemic is probably a once in a lifetime thing, 1918 being the last genuine pandemic that, that really rattled America. And so we're in the middle of, of, of a historic pandemic that is changing the way we engage in commerce, how we engage socially, how we engage in the way we eat, how we engage in entertainment. It's changing all these fundamental thoughts and ideas and, and norms of our society, even how we uh, our education system works. And we're also, what is also true is that we are in the middle of one of the largest civil rests uh, movements uh, ever in America. Uh, so it's been, I mean, we, it's dwarfed the 1960s, it dwarfed the 1911's uh, silent march, it dwarfed the Plessy versus Ferguson initiatives. Like this is uh, truly a historic moment for Americans um, um, of all color. And so though these things are true, what is more important to take with these truths is that in the near future, our life will be forever changed, whether we discover life on another planet or we go into 2021 significantly different than where we left 2019. And so I think what is true and what I would like and implore everyone to think about is that we have an, a, an individual and active role in, in, in defining what 2021 looks like. 
And so we can be redefining ourselves and discover a new society, not just in some distant planet, but then also discover a new society within ourselves here in Phoenix, Arizona, and, and nationwide. And we can actively change and be that society that we know we can be as a, as a whole. And so I, I think those things are true. Uh, and we'd like to, I'd like to see how they play out in 2021. I think that's so well said, Jason. And I think that that's so important right there. That was awesome. I think, you know, if, if you or I were just to, to look at what's going on in here, here, here I am in Phoenix, Arizona, we are in the midst of this historic time, but it's like, okay, well, how, how, how do I participate? What, exactly. what, what, what impact could I possibly have unless you think about it in the terms that you just laid out? then you can't and this will be a wasted opportunity versus if you take ownership of this and in your life and in the lives of the people that you have um, access to or some kind of impact on then if we all did that well that's that's really how the needle gets moved and i i i'll quote benjamin franklin as i uh often do especially at this time he says that uh, justice will be served when those who are not affected are just as outraged as those who are. And so it's time for us to, to really reflect, do we care enough about what society that we're trying to build? And are we checking our biases? Are we saying, you know what, I, I do have some biases and I can check them. We all do. And so I think that, you know, the black struggle as it is in closing, I think that it's it's not my struggle. I don't have a struggle with being black, you know. I, I think it's beautiful. I came with the car. I like it, right? And so, at the same time, um, it's the people. It's people who have a struggle with who I am and what I look like that makes it my struggle. So it's that ad. It's that adage with what you take makes me sick. It's like, well, your struggle with who I am is making my struggle real. When in all actuality, I don't really have one. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how we 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 move forward and and. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. This has been a lot of fun. It's awesome, Jason. Thank you so much. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Yeah, Jason. Thank you so much. Where where can where can people learn more about you? How 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 can people engage with you? You know, I um, definitely um, my website guildhealthconsulting.com. Um, we are working right now on opioid uh, work, and we're also doing some great work in philanthropy. Um, I am the chair of a Black Men's Giving Circle called REAP, which is Real Engagement Through Active Philanthropy. And we're doing a lot of work around social justice and, and uh, COVID-19 response as well. So um, my email is jason.d.gillette at gmail.com if there are any you know, questions or insights or, or perspective that I may uh, can learn from. So yeah, feel free to connect with me. Awesome. Anything else, Centauri? No, this is awesome, Jason. Thanks for sharing your perspective. Thanks for being our, our guinea pig. This is our first one. So it's <laughs> going to be, uh, it's going to be hard for someone to talk, but I, I respect your, um, thanks for being thoughtful and intentional and really being vulnerable with your story. So this is awesome. Thanks dude. Yeah. Thank you very much. Welcome Centauri George. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to, uh, and I would very much encourage you to because uh, we are three very, very handsome individuals. You, you, you can find this on YouTube as well, and I will list that in the notes of the show. Go to guildhealthconsulting.com. Um, you can shoot Jason an email. I will list all the contact information that he shared in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Jason. Thank you so much, both of you. And as always, and especially, keep questioning because the struggle is real. 
On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.